Hello, hello, hello. My name is Joe. And I'm Jordan. And this is Double Trouble Features, the weekly podcast where we talk about all things film, television, anything on a screen, pop culture. We're going to get into it and we're going to talk about what's going on today. Ow, ow! Uh, so uh, what are we talking about today, Jordan? What do we got going on? Um, we're going to talk about some people who have passed away, particularly one person who's very close to my heart. Um, and then, hey guys, it's Super Bowl week, so... God, let's talk about some of those dumb commercials that we watch, um, but the, I love. The good, the bad, and the stupid. We the love stupid. to see it. Um, again, like as always, we're going to talk about some of the movies that we've watched this week, and definitely some good shows that we've watched and highly recommend. And Hollywood Reporter put out their top 50 best movies, or TV shows, of the first 21st century, and... We're going to talk about that list. Yeah, so far, we're it's still a running list. The 21st century, it's barely just begun. It's just a spring chicken, a spring hen. Wait, it's not not like the past? It's not like till two more years? How long is the century again? It, it is 100 years, math major. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, let's, let's get into it right now. Um, I just wanted to give a big RIP to Carl Weathers. Um, he's one of my favorite um characters that have been on the big screen for me um joe what are some of your favorite roles that he's played you know i always i did love him in predator he was a total badass and really hot back then like girl anyways i'm not gonna lie i I still i don't know if we're allowed to say that or like post-mortem like i i wanted those abs right like he was so hot it really wasn't it wasn't arnold like Arnold's just big, you know Arnold, everything yeah, like that. Arnold's Carl, like, Carl was sweaty the whole and entire he, and, movie, and he could and he could get it done. Um, but you know, I really did love him in his more like, I don't know, like comedic roles. I mean, my yes. my favorite this long running gag that I just discovered because I didn't even think about it. Um, going through uh, him, of course, and Happy Gilmore as Chubbs, you know, really playing that entire thing, eating the whole thing up. Love Chubbs and his wooden hand that got taken (laughs) (laughs) by that gator um but then as we do know in that movie he passed away yes um and then a few years later there was another (laughs) adam sandler feature film little nicky and he was in that as an angel up in heaven just as chubbs oh my god he was just, a, he was just a hanging out up there and like nobody i never caught that when i was younger i, I, I just now <laughs> i what i researching this i was like are you fucking kidding me and then i went back and looked and i was like oh my god it's him and he's just hanging out with reese witherspoon up in heaven who's little nick it go back the okay, early like, low-key my mind's kind of blowing right it now. was 2000 if you if you listen to me it go watch little nicky that movie's insane but i mean I mean, just like seeing those stupid little Easter eggs, and then of course he—he's just had an amazing career. What is, what are yeah. some of the things that you've really enjoyed? Um, again, Happy Gilmore is definitely one of my uh, is up there as one of my favorite, um, but all time favorite, and I think for more majority of people, his best role is Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky won. Well, first of all, as a black guy, always Wait, root for the black guy. You're black. Uh, are you gay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Want to find out? I'm good. Um, <laughs> but I always root for I always root for Apollo Creed. Um, I just thought he had some swagger to him and everything like that. Um, 
and you know Sylvester Stallone. But okay, of of course you're always rooting for the underdog. Um, but I actually really liked him in in um, Rocky Three when he had to train um, Rocky mm. to fight um, Clubber Lang, which is Mr. T's character. And so I thought that was that was actually one of his best things that he did was just training um, Sylvester Stallone. I know they were best friends and everything like that. Yeah, they got into the character and they got to you got to see that character grow. It was a, I mean it was just a really great throwback. But then of course, you know Creed and all that. I mean it's an iconic role. Like how many? I, mo- like, I was very sad that he wasn't in any of the Creeds. That you know? that's kind of insane to me. Like I don't understand why. What, like, do you have? He, he needed to have a dead dad or like dad. Yeah. Well, because he died. I mean, uh, that's, in the movie. That's, yeah, he died. In, Why is he in, always dying in these movies? He I don't died know. in Rocky <laughs> Four against the uh, the Russian. Mm. Uh, that's he died in. I'm sorry, y'all. I have not seen every single Rocky movie. <laughs> this is not my area of expertise, but no. unfortunately, I have seen all the Rockies. So and that- after four, they definitely get terrible. I like the Creed series though. Yeah, like like the Creed trilogy. I've heard good things. I haven't brought myself to watch it yet. It's oh, on my to do list. Michael but, B. Jordan went out a shirt. Uh, but then he uh, he's so straight. Like for <laughs> like Michael B. Jordan, I love him to death. He's so hot. But like listening to him talk for that long is a bit <laughs> is a bit much for me. Um, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Carl Weathers and uh, how just an amazing like the impact he's had. Where where he was a Mandalorian. Yes, he was, and he, I, I mean, I love him Mandalorian because he was just being a good guy for the most part at the end of it. Yeah, I was like, not the, <laughs> like, I, like, yeah, like, there was, I mean, it took us a while, but he always plays these complex characters, and it's just something interesting that I don't think we, like, he's just, I don't know if he really got the recognition that he deserves. No, not at all. Not at all. I hope, like, you know how in the Oscars, or at least in the Grammys, they always do, like, a postmortem, like. Mm-hmm. In memoriam, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he gets his his flowers and the Oscars because, yeah, he's definitely been part of the culture. All righty. So, I mean, of course, the topic of conversation, especially in Kansas City where we are, is the Super Bowl. But most importantly, what it's become. And how has advertising played a role in the Super Bowl? And is that going to change? Are we going to what are we what are you thinking, Jordan? What are what are we seeing this year so far? So if it wasn't for the Chiefs being in the Super Bowls, everybody knows the favorite part of Super Bowl is to watch the commercials. Of course. And commercials have gotten kind of crazy. Um, but also some are political. Uh, I remember last year that Jesus commercial oh, that was so long. That was, that was long and uncomfortable. Yes. And, and the thing is, is like if you actually look into it, that church does not believe the things that it is saying on Super Bowl ads. So like there's that whole thing. But I I don't know. They must have had a lot of money to spend because it, it felt like it was every commercial almost like every yes, commercial break yes, it was exactly oh uh, it was so much what are, i'm trying to think back like what are some of your favorite mine i know this might get me some flames but like i love the puppy baby monkey because that oh, is the yeah. stupidest oh, thing yeah. i've ever seen and like that's what i want i want absurdity i want to see what happens when you put a bunch of like just weirdos in a room and see what happens and let them do it and give them the opportunity to do it but 
I don't know. I don't think we're going to see a lot of puppy baby monkeys anymore. Yeah. So, but we actually are. Um, oh. Because a lot of the commercials, they they faced a lot of backlash on social media last year because they were either too serious. The one where the the dog was dead. I and, don't even remember that. I blocked that out, apparently. Yeah, the dog was dead and, like, reliving his life, which a lot of people, which I was like, what the heck are we doing Trying right to now? invoke the most visceral emotional reaction. Yeah, just make sure you're buying your dog the best food. And oh, my God, just, it was a pet food commercial? Yes. No. Yes. I don't remember this at all. I Like I said, I blocked it out. I blocked the sad ones out, to be honest. Exactly. And so, like, they're getting a lot more. They got a lot of backlash for it so they're going they're going to a different direction just trying to be funny just trying to be cordial not taking it being safe but also but the thing that i don't like is how i get to see all these commercials like a, a lot of them before the super bowl oh yeah that's like oh teasing and out teasing and out oh just another teaser girl why do we need to be teased for, for a commercial and like most of them are running 30 60 90 second spots like it's nothing crazy but like we need all this stuff but i mean there is a certain amount of brand loyalty that they try to get ignited because they want Everyone wants the most amount of eyeballs looking at their commercial and getting excited for their commercial. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't really care about football that much. Me caring about football is like a recent thing. And so I only cared about the ads when I was a kid. And so now, yeah. I, and so, but now I think they're trying to like really push people to like make sure you are paying attention for our ad. Because we paid millions of dollars Too for this. Much. Like, that, and that's the thing is like, these are like these productions, these contracts with these uh, third party endorsements through celebrities, these things. People are, they're spending like tens of millions on these, do uh, uh, tens of millions on these ads. And so they want to make sure that they're getting their money worth. But I think we're kind of like getting into a little bit of a cognitive dissonance on why people like the ads yeah and also i think you want to have the most chatter like you want the most engagement and i don't think that like you posting your ad you know a few weeks or like teased in january mm -hmm. is really going to hype anybody up when it actually comes out and so here are some of the ads that are already out paramount plus has it there's out but the super bowl is on cbs so that makes sense yeah i, I understand that but why is Oreo with Chris Jenner already out? Oreo's well, out. I mean, most of them are. I mean, is it the full ad or it's they, the full ad? I can watch the entire ad right now. I mean, I saw that ad. I didn't realize it was a Super Bowl commercial. That's kind it's, of a and see. That's the thing. That's when kind you, of annoying. When I see it way before, yeah, you. I don't know it's a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, I saw Chris Jenner in the Oreo ad. I thought, wow, they must have paid her a lot of money. And and they paid her a lot of money, and then they're paying a lot of money. So that's why that's probably why. Well, it is, is because why. if I'm if I'm paying this person millions of dollars to be in this ad, then you, hey, I got to use them as much as I possibly can. Yeah, you have to get your like you have to get the full flight because otherwise and and some of them, you know, some of these media companies, I don't know like specifically with CBS, but I mean if you pay tens of millions of dollars for an ad it's gotta be seen more than once like Facts. it's yeah. it, it has to and but so i want like i think that that's why it's almost become 
less special is because we're going to see it. We're going to see it anywhere. But, it's just another ad. But usually when we see these ads, like they, you show it on that Sunday, but then they run after. Yeah. And but so why do I have to see it before the Super Bowl? Now, I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy whenever they make it a part of a larger campaign. Like when the yes. when Mr. Planner died. Yeah. And it was oh, this my whole, God. Oh, yes. my God. I was, yes. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was shaking because I was like, what? I was like, how? And I, I was like, I... I like I work in advertising and I like to believe people but no when that whole thing happened and then he was like reborn and it's like baby planner Jesus I was great I I love that I love that that's great marketing and even with the Eminem stuff last year when they were dealing with all their stuff I know they got a little bit of heat for that but like just completely like changing all of their stuff beforehand and then going back I thought was really original and really interesting and really funny and because you didn't see the ad, you got and you and it wasn't even a teaser for the ad, yeah. but it was like build up. And I think those are some things that were done very well. But now it's just like a we're gonna show you the first ten seconds of our commercial. Yeah, I don't. And need it's to like see. I don't care. This is I don't need a trailer. Like I understand trailers for movies because that's only two minutes out of you know two hours. Yeah, I don't need to see ten seconds out of thirty seconds. <laughs> like. But that's a third of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, but we have Starry um with Ice Spice. Oh. That ad's already out. Um, you have Pringles with Chris Pratt. That ad's already out. You know, the traditional Budweiser, you know, they, they caught a lot of flack um uh, this past year. They're going back to the horses. Oh. They didn't do they didn't do their um their horses last year, which I was actually kinda sad. Wasn't the Bud Light commercial last year kind of depressing? I can't remember. Yeah, the Clydesdales, I don't know, but they didn't have Clydesdales. Look, I mean, being in Missouri, we I grew up like we went to Grant's farm. We saw the Clydesdales when I was a yeah. kid. Like it was a whole thing. And I and they were at the I'm pretty they were at the Super Bowl parade too. Yes. Uh, like they like the Clydesdales and Budweiser are a very like well known in Missouri. Louis, like St. Louis. Louis and like we've all been there. And it's uh, I love the Clydesdales. I also love the golden or the the Labrador. Yeah, the Labradors. Yeah. I I love those commercials. They're the heartfelt commercial, and that's the one heartfelt commercial I'm cool with. Yeah. But besides that, don't need any other heart <laughs> Don't need. Yeah. Make me laugh. Make me giggle. Yes. Make me shit. Um, Mikola Ultra. That's all right. That's already out. But they got Lionel Messi. So you have, because he doesn't really do that many commercials or anything, especially American commercials. So I kind of understand why they're showing him way before, because they're like, we got to milk this. But they also have Jason Sudeikis. Who's oh. Ted Lasso? Yes, I know. Jesus. So, well, he's Ted Lasso, who, <laughs> who's a soccer coach. Mm. So that's the relationship between him and Messi. So I get it. Um, but again, don't need to see that before. Hellsman, um, or Hellman's, the Mayo. Mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon. Ooh, wait, um, it's already out though. Is it's that what you're already out? Oh my god, I apparently and Pete Davidson. Isn't it? See, and that's the thing is like I've seen half of these commercials, but like I didn't know they were Super Bowl commercials. Exact. That's the problem. Like I just didn't know why. Like, <sighs> um, I don't know this one, uh, but Kawasaki the uh, four wheelers. Yes, that's out. I do love a four wheeler. There's a th- some of these. First ads. Of all, I didn't know they they had enough enough money to get on a Super Bowl commercial. Well, I mean, people need four-wheelers, I guess. Um, I, I, I mean, guess. I I've I've ridden on one, so I I mean, I guess there's enough of a market. Um, uh, no, that's And it. then um 
you have Vince Vaughn um, uh, and Tom Brady in a bet MGM. You have Uber Eats with David and Victoria Beckham. They're just oh. recreating their, um, you know, that scene where he's like, uh, she's like, oh, like I grew up kind of poor and stuff like that. And Beckham comes out of nowhere. He's like, what, yes, yes. What did I your dad seen, pick you up from I school? I have seen this. Yes. It's like a Rolls Royce. <laughs> a Rolls Royce. She's like, we were working class. Yeah. And he's like, no. What did your dad take you to school in? And she's like, well, it's it's it depends on what. And he's like, no. <laughs> exactly. And he dug in. It was great. Yeah, no. And then DoorDash. Um, DoorDash got a commercial. So like, that's that's already like seven, eight, nine commercials already gone that I don't need to see at the Super Bowl. Because I already saw it. Yeah. Like, and so it, yeah, you know what? It was a good ad. You did a great job advertising. Most of the, like, from what I remember, Chris Jenner doing Oreos made me shit my pants. But, like, <laughs> I don't understand, like, I, I mean, I do understand. It's because they're paying all of this money and they yeah. want to get their dollars worth. They also want to create buzz. But, like I said, unless you're leading up to something, unless it's an actual tease, don't call it a teaser. Yeah. Just... Hey, we don't really need to see the commercials. I'm just letting you know. Use the ad dollars to run it throughout the entire month of February and in March, and we're fine. I just don't need to see those ads in January. Yeah, I mean, it's like asking me to open my Christmas presents on Halloween and still be excited on December 25th. <laughs> like, yes, yes. like I, I loved my presents. They were great. It was amazing when I saw them, but like that was two months ago, girl. Yeah. I don't, anyways, but yeah, no. All righty, and now we're going to talk about some films. Jordan and I have obviously been on a little bit of an Oscar kick, so uh, what have you been seeing? Yeah, guys, um, when we talk about the Oscars and stuff like that, I just want to make sure that we do actually watch the movies, and so when it's actually the week leading up to the Oscars, we can really tell you what movies deserve it, and what movies shouldn't get it. Um, one movie that I do think deserves that nomination of Best Picture um, is American Fiction. Fantastic movie. Um, great, huge message that I thought was very obvious, but to other people, it's not as obvious. I had to explain it to a couple of people. But, I'm, but I gave it an 8. 8 out of 10. Um, one of the higher movies I've given so far in this podcast. Um, it's a great movie. Great film. It's funny. It has some sad moments, some dark moments. Um, but here's the, here's the premise of the movie. Um, Jeffrey Wright, he plays this character called Monk. Um, he comes into town um, to see his mom and everything like that. Um, he's just visiting. And he sees Issa Rae. Um, she writes a book. Now, he, he is a talented writer, and he's a professor, but he writes really, really serious, dense books, and they're just not that good. Like, are, they're good, but they're just not... Not enjoyable. Yeah, they're just not... Like, it's, they're it's, not hidden. It's they not, just don't hit. It's not a quarter thorns and roses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, he's like, he sees Issa Rae's character, and she writes a black book. Um, and it says, like... She talks ghetto in the book. Half the words aren't even spelled right. Um, and it's about, you know, the lived experience of a black person in America. And, 
And Monk is like, that's bullshit. This is trash. This is terrible. What the hell is this? So he goes home. Um, some uh, He finds himself in some money problems. He needs to help put his mom up in a, in a home. And so then he's like, all right, let me write a new book. Let me write a black book. And so then okay. he, spells, he spells the title wrong. Um, <sighs> then makes an entire black book. And he uses a false name and calls himself a fugitive of the law who wrote this book. And then guess what? White people ate it up. Uh, it's a bestseller. God. Uh, and so then just him going through that entire turmoil, um, dealing with his, his family drama. Um, to be honest, the book is actually like a secondary plot. Yeah. Which I'm actually really happy about. Okay. So like it's really about his family dynamic and also it's just like it really shows about like what does it mean to be a black person in America? And so you have this book that's like, oh, yeah, I didn't grow up with my dad. I didn't know who I was. Oh, I go to jail. I do this and blah, 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 which is what white America expects from black people. Mm-hmm. But this man is a he's a doctor in literature, writes books. His sister is a doctor. His brother is a plastic surgeon, which is still a doctor. So this very successful, pretty wealthy. They have a beach house, wealthy black family. Um, and they're all very successful in their own ways, but they're still experiencing death. They experience divorce, experience coming out be, um, of, you know, coming out of the closet and seeing what my dad appro- like approve of me, you know, being gay or not. Yeah. Which is Sterling K's character. And when I tell you Sterling Sterling K Brown puts on a fucking show. He got nominated <laughs> for Best Supporting Actor. Um he came out this week and said, Hey, I'm probably not gonna get it. I'm okay to lose to Robert Downey Jr. But god damn it, Sterling K. Brown stole every fucking scene. Like really? he, no, he's a He's a gay, like he he's coming out gay. He just got divorced. Uh, his, like his wife caught him. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you doing the bending? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so like he's going through his own shit, his own turmoil. Damn. Um, but he also doesn't want to. But also he's it's almost like a a release because now he's just fucking. He's fucking. Oh, I need to uh, see this movie apparently because Sterling K. Brown. Is oh, like, you don't see him fucked up. Oh, what the? <laughs> then what's the point? God. Um, um, but then you have like Tracy Ellis Ross, who again I love her. Queen. Yeah, she's a sister um, to Jeffrey Wright's um, character. Um, she has a decent part. This is a really great cast. They should have done more marketing oh, behind this movie. When I tell you, it's fantastic. Issa Let- Rae's character. Um, she is. Again, amazing. I love Issa Rae. Again, every movie Issa Rae was in in 2023 has been nominated for an Oscar in some sort. And she deserves every bit of all praises. Yes, she does. Um, but it's it's just a very wholesome movie. But just to show you the different side of what black America really is, it's not just being ghetto. It's not just being in the struggle. We're also just normal people. I mean... I think this film is kind of ta- like it sounds like what this film is talking about is where we've come in this place in America and how white people and black people perceive each other. It is mostly about how white people perceive. Um, like yeah, the, the, I mean that's fair. The overarching like th- like theme of the of the movie is 
hey, guess what? We don't care. And like he he makes his own character, like um monk Jeffrey Wright. Mm-hmm. Like he using a surname. Because white people don't care about what you think you are. They only care about how they want to feel. Mm. So when I read this ghetto-ass book, I want to feel like I'm the white savior or like, oh, my God, I read this thug. I read about this fugitive. Oh, so let me that, make it makes me feel they, better. And uh, then they post it on their Instagram story. And then they, yes, make it, and then they feel good about themselves. Exactly. And they're like, oh, my God, I did it, guys. I fixed racism. I'm a white liberal, but you have <laughs> to you have to read this book. What? And like one of like one line was like, oh, my God, you're going to be the book of the summer. Every white mom is going to be reading yes. this book. <laughs> Queen the House Down Boots book. Um, because uh, that's uh, interesting. I'm curious, though, in the subject matter of the movie, like, do you have any examples of things that are kind of like that today? Like things that we've seen that where it's just like obviously like a white person wrote this about black people and then use black characters? Um, The biggest one is is white fragility. Everybody was like, oh, this is the book. You have to read this. You have to look at this coming from a black author. Oh, my God, I love it. But at the same time, like, look where we are in America. Like, since that book came out, since a bunch of white people have read it, has have we progressed at all? Has 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 anything really changed at all because of that book? No, because, again, you made white people feel good that they read about it and understand that, hey, I can do better. And then they feel like they do better. And guess what? White people love that when they feel like, oh, I'm I'm the best white person I can be. And so but then we just move on with our lives and then we still, you know, like policies that, you know, are against black people. So like it's it's a it's a great movie that really um, encapsulates what people are going through, Mm -hmm. but also still talks about hey, this is how black people are going through. We're going through these problems. We're going through this and that. And we're, again, we're just a normal people that, you know, experience divorce like white people, like experience death like white people, experiencing love like white people. And and why does it have to take like a thug dying in the streets for somebody to care? Exactly. And and that's kind of what we become. So so I like 100%. It's an eight because I wish I got more... um, I wish I got more from Jeffrey Wright. Um, I think he actually is the worst character in the movie. Um, he's the main character. Um, I think that he does a decent job, but like there was never like that emotional scene of like, I have all these this lies and stuff like that that I'm telling to all these people, um, and like that guilt. Um, or just like how he felt about his dad. Um, because the whole, throughout the whole movie, they're all saying like, "Hey, you act like your dad, who's like isolating himself." And I just never got the mode of like him crying of trying to get away from his dad. You never got like be... that emotional release. Exactly. It just kind of stayed. But I mean, that's kind of. I mean, that might have been a choice because sometimes you like black people aren't allowed to have that emotional release. Yeah. And true. Like, and like, and the white people don't make space for it. And no. I say that a hundred percent because like. I mean, it's the tropes of like the angry black woman, the yep. man, like, man, like it's like we do not let black people have em- have strong emotions without coining it something. Yeah, facts. And so, yeah, you know, that's that. I wish I got that scene of him feeling that, but like, that's that's right. Like you, one hundred percent right. 
Um, the end to the movie, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. It's perfect. Oh. It's literally perfect. It's exactly how I wanted the movie to end. And, yeah, it's a great movie. Fantastic. I highly recommend it. I think everybody should go see it. I know some people who are listening to this and say, oh, it's about this, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to let you know. This is not the podcast for you. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely think that everybody should watch it. Um, also, it's, a, it's funny. It definitely has a lot of funny moments good, in it. Good. So it's not like it's just a serious drama. It, it's, it's very light, um, but does have those conversations. So, um, but speaking of like living in America... I've seen, heard you seen a movie. Oh, yeah. I just saw this uh, film. It's called Past Lives. It is also nominated for Best Picture uh, for uh, for the Oscars. And I am going to go ahead and rate it at a good, like, 7 out of 10. Okay, I movie. really liked it. It was very... Enj- it was... I don't know. It's one of those movies where it's, like, hard to describe how it makes you feel. It just makes you feel things because it's a very small cast. It is basically this girl growing up in Korea and her best friend. And you see them, and it's so cute. And they go on a little date, and they're, like, 12. And they're just, like, very innocent, very young. But obviously, like, these two kids are best friends and obsessed with each other. She's, like, really bossy, but also, like, emotional and cries a lot. And he'll, li- and, like, as a little boy, he would just, like, literally stand there and be there for her while she cried. Um, so, like, that's how... Yeah, he's a good guy. And as a 12-year-old, um, <laughs> like he was like, wow, I'm going to talk about giving people space for emotions. Um, but no, so that happens. But then they immigrate to Canada. So uh, her family immigrates to Canada. And so she just like leaves without like really i mean you're 12 you don't have a choice in the matter and like some of us have gone through that where like your parents made a decision for you and that has major ramifications on your life and that is what it is like you don't get a choice you don't get like your friends and so like when you're a a kid your friend and you're like i'm leaving and your friends are like why why are you leaving and i'm like i don't even know because of my parents so she emigrates and then uh, um uh, goes to Canada and you can just see her kind of lonely jump 12 years she's just you know chilling on Facebook she's now living in New York she's a playwright she wants to be a writer she's a ton of ambition that was always her big thing like when she was a kid she's like I want to be a Nobel Prize winner and and she says Koreans don't win, win Nobel Prizes facts <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> like, don't say it like that. Jesus. Yeah, no. I, You're like, that's facts. I, I had to say unfortunately because <laughs> I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh, uh, wait, I need to be like that. Yeah, no. But um, so then she goes, and so she has all this ambition. So that she becomes a playwright in New York. And she's just kind of like bebopping around, seeing like, I don't know, like what's going on, all this stuff. Like, just like talking to her mom and then she's like who is that guy i was like always with i was always hanging around i wonder what happened with him all this stuff um and then it turns out her dad was a uh filmmaker and so she saw she went on facebook and looked up his name and he was looking for her and so she like gets on there she's like oh my gosh i found you and it's total facebook creeping which to me this is what makes it really interesting in this movie is like, it is such a modern like love story in terms of like what it feels like to connect with somebody thousands of miles away. And see, that's, 
that to me is the purpose of social media. Mm-hmm. The purpose the purpose of social media is for all of us to connect and talk and stuff like that and definitely see people that you haven't seen or anything like that. And just like cuz like again, I don't talk to like 99.999% of my like high school people, but like I want to see like, hey, you got kids now, good for you. Like, oh, you yeah. got the new promotion, the new job. Hey, oh shit, you experienced death. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Like, I want to still know. And so that's the purpose of social media, not just to, you know, tear everybody down and stuff yeah. like that. What? <laughs> You're crazy. I want to, let's rip them apart. No. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like, that's kind of what it was. And so she's just like on Facebook, bebopping around, finds him. She's like, oh my God. And so they like set up a Skype call. It was so interesting because it was like a very like, early 2010s late 2000s r.i.p skype oh, i mean God. it's not gone but like i mean skype dropped the ball skype girl yes. what were you doing i cannot cannot imagine Out any all the technology anyway uh, but like just let zoom just zoom <laughs> past you so uh, uh sets up a little skype call and they like kind of start for reforming their friendship and for her it's really interesting because she uh feels herself like kind of connecting back to korea she like remembers what it was like being a child in Korea because she hasn't talked to anyone about it. And even in the movie, she sits there and she says, uh, the only per- people I speak Korea to, I speak Korean to are you and my mother to this guy. Like, she's like, those are the only people I even speak Korean to. And she makes various points throughout the movie. like, he's so Korean. He's so Korean. Um, but she's still drawn to that, even though she's trying to like create this new life for herself in America. And I mean, I'm not going to get too deep into it because it really does kind of go into that and their story and what that means. But this movie was so earnest but also the most realistic ending to a movie I've ever seen like people just did what they were supposed to do relayed the message they were trying to relay like they were honest at some point some points they were holding back a little and you could tell but she was trying to build a life for herself and she didn't know how that how korea fit into that and at one point in the movie she like at the beginning er, near the beginning she's like i find myself looking up flights to seoul every other day and it's and she's like it's really hard to focus on my career and my place in new york city while also having one foot in the door in korea and which is past lives which well past lives there's a whole theme to this in how people connect to each other and what they mean to each other and i'm i uh, i think it's inyan but uh, there was a korean phrase in it and it was all about like past lives and it's like even if you like brush someone's shoulder on a street that means that like you had connected with them in a past life at some point like you had mm. and that meaning and so and that's like one layer of what is called idiot and if you get married that means you have like 8000 layers of past lives on top of each other oh, 8000 okay. different so it's like kind of what and i mean it's a little tongue in cheek she's like it's a, it's an old thing like that it's just like and then she even says it's like korean people just use it to hit on each other but like it does kind of dive into what how people feel about each other and how how people, connected. how people are connected because they're like these two people obviously have a very deep interpersonal connection. They very clearly care about each other. There are points in the movie where they just stare at each other smiling and it looks so sincere and so sweet. And it's like, 
but it's not cheesy. That's the thing. I wish it, my wife did that. Uh, looked at you <laughs> like she loved you. Well, maybe if you did something. Um. Anyway. Uh. But I mean, he he flew all the way. He was like searching for her out of Korea, trying to find her. All this stuff. Um. But no. And it, even it goes down to the point where like he couldn't find her, and he was posting on her dad's Facebook page because like she changed her name when she moved over to America. She got get an American, American name. Got to get that American name. Um. Which is a lot of people did. I mean, I uh, where. I went to school there were quite a few Korean uh, foreign exchange students and all of them picked American names and there were like some that liked it and some that didn't and it was like very specific to that and, and feelings about that and you could see like the girls like when they're like planning to go they're like I don't want to change my goddamn name and uh, I mean that's fair like why should we have to like and I've always been that if like you can if you can pronounce the name Schwarzenegger you can figure out how to pronounce any name Okay, as a former teacher, <laughs> um, you cannot pronounce every name. Uh, I struggle. Oh, no, 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 no. Not like the first time, but like. Uh, no, no, no. I would struggle. Like <sighs> first day of school, you're, I'm reading all these names, and then <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to say their name, but I don't want to be rude. Yeah. So it's October or November, and I just go, hey, hey, bud, how's How's it going? Like, uh, oh, yeah, oh, you. Oh, hey, hey, God. You. <laughs> anyway. Uh. I would ask, hey, I have a speech impediment, guys. Uh, I can't talk, so. But for some reason, I'm doing podcasts, so. Yeah, here we are. Um, But no, it, it. I mean, at the end of the day, this movie was so good. Definitely earned its spot on the list because it was just such a deep dive into what people mean to each other. And does that mean that you need to, like, uproot yourself and go after this person or like or like be happy with the choices that you've made and uh, yeah you're just gonna have to watch the movie to find out what happens but it's called past lives it's currently streaming on paramount plus for those who don't want to get out to a theater but um no it was it was such so earnest and it was such a small cast you really got to like dive into these characters and the performances they were so subtle like i just can't i can't it, they it were felt real it, it felt, felt real. real it yeah. felt real it felt like i was watching people have this like 20 year relationship in the course of an hour and 45 minutes and it was it was emotional but also like like i said it was just so like the ending made sense it was wrapped up but people had the space gate like people had the space for it they gave the space for it the there, there's somebody in this movie who you know we all thought he was going to be a villain and uh he even says that in the movie but he just creates so much room for people to be like everyone gives room to be who they are and say what they need and kind of like go into that but then again there are also times where they didn't and why that took 20 years but yeah it was fantastic and i would definitely recommend please go see this movie okay um favorite part the small screen uh tv shows and here's just some uh tv shows we watched um First off, here here's the crazy thing about the show that I watched. Um, when I went to go see American Fiction, I look over and I randomly see an Amazon sign. And it all says, hey, in theaters for a select time, you can see Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And I was just like, what? Like with Brad and Angelina? No. You oh. The new one that's oh. on Prime. Prime video. Um, and that's the show I want to talk about. Um, 
It is John and Jane Smith um, with Donald Glover and uh, Maya Erskine. Uh, oh, I probably butchered her last name. Um, but first of all, going back to the movie theater, you had to show them that you are a Prime member to to see it in the theater, which is uh, weird. You what? had to write down your email, and then they had to look you up. What? Just so you can go into the theater to watch the multiple episodes, like the I think the first three episodes. I'm uh, weird. That it's almost like pay per view, like. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. Do you, do you, I mean, did they just have a different, like, kind of distribution with, that's so uh, weird. I don't know. It's because you can, I guess, avoid the commercials. Um, because that because got <laughs> in effect. Because <laughs> Prime got commercials now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, back to the show. Um, so if you don't know, like, the premise of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it's definitely based off of the original movie with Brad and Angelina. Spies, um, espionage, murder, yeah. and sex. Love the movie. I love the movie. It's, it's a good movie. The movie that destroyed a marriage. And I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'm still Team Brangelina, and I'm never going to get over it. They both have good careers after. And they need to... It, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but here's here's the premise. Um, so, um, you don't... At least right now, I haven't got to the point where they are... I only have like two episodes left, but you don't know their names. Um, but John, who is Donald Glover, and Jane, who is Maya, um, they are random people who didn't get selected to be in the CIA, who didn't get selected to be in the FBI, and so they're on their like last leg, and nobody wanted to accept them except for this one company. And so... Ooh, private contracting. We love to see it. So they get into this um, arrangement with this company who's like, hey, are you cool to leave your life? You down to kill somebody? You got down to do this? And they're like, sure, sure. I don't know. Yeah. F- fuck it. Why not? Honestly, with the way inflation is these days, yes. same. Like, how much you paying? You're going to pay how much? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so they get the job of having to do these missions. And so, but they are now married. Legally. Kind of. But you know what I mean. Um. In the eyes of the government, they're legal. They're they're married because they're John and Jane Smith. Okay. Um, and so you see the dynamic of them doing these missions and stuff like that, but at the same time, they are two completely different people. And it's just like, I just met you. Like on the first night, he he comes into her room without a shirt on. Um, and he's just like, I don't know if I should tell you goodnight or something. Wait, so they were not together when they got assigned? No, they oh, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They I did missed not, that. They did not know each other at all oh. and just randomly show up into a house with each other. And they're like, this is your house. They open up an envelope, marriage certificate. Here's your rings. And like, you are now Mr. and Mrs. Smith when they don't know each other. Oh, so it's like a flip on it. Because in the original, they, yeah, they, were, they were undercover and neither of them knew that each other were spies. Yes. Didn't they work for different um, agencies? Yeah, they worked for competing agencies. Yeah. That was like the whole thing. Yeah, no. They worked for the same agency. They got assigned to be married. And so the whole the whole show is like them learning to be comfortable with each other or fucking hate each other. Um and kind of like going through like the steps of a dating, but also not dating, but also like this is what marriage is like. Like you have your ups and downs. Sometimes you love each other. Sometimes you fucking hate each other. And they have to like decide how they want to play it. Like, yeah, like literally in the first episode, um, 
Mrs. Um, Jane Smith is like, hey, I took this not for the romance. And he's like, yeah, same. I was only touching you to give you this earpiece. <laughs> and But you can see that like later on they they start to I mean you can't develop. have two people this hot without something happening in the room. Yeah. Um you see a lot of shirtless Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Um, Give the people what they want. But no, it's a it's a great show. Um it's definitely Donald Glover um he he wrote it. Um he um executive producer on it. And so if you've ever watched Atlanta, which is we're definitely going to get into Atlanta later. Um but it's it's a funny movie. It's subtle, um, but it also has a lot of action in it. It has a lot of shooting, killing. Um, it has a lot of just everything you kind of want in a show. Um, and so, so far, like I'll definitely say this is a great show, great to watch. Um, it's only eight episodes long. There's they, that, I, I haven't seen the end, so hopefully it's not just a one season. Um, I was going to say, do you think there's going to be more? I, they, they better. They're going to oh. make money off of this. Um, but it's... If you want like, kind of like that spy-ish, mission-ish kind of thing. I love it. I've been getting into it lately. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been watching the Daniel Craig. Uh, James Bond. James Bond movies for the first time. That's been a wild ride. Wow. I, I'm about to go and watch the Mission Impossible movies because I just watched the first one yeah. for the first time. I haven't seen any of them, and but they keep pumping them out. So I'm like, okay, I should probably go watch these. Yeah, if you, if you want that kind of thing with a little bit of a rom-com, mm. it's a show for you. Oh, that sounds uh, that sounds perfect. Yeah, but um, I you're watching a more serious show. Um, yes, I am watching a much more serious show. I am currently in the middle of watching the Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is a documentary that uh, started in 2022, uh, I think, and then in 2023, it might have all been in 2023. It's been very recent that this documentary came out and uh, there's a new one, but the first season really kind of deals with um, this couple that adopted a child from the Ukraine and in like 20 or like, I can't even remember how far back it was, but um, that she, they adopted this child. This child had a certain kind of dwarfism that was very like specific and only a few people in the world have it. And she was just like a little six year old, um, uh, little person and so they go they adopt this kid they're like we're gonna make this kid ours like we're so obsessed like we have a we have so much uh love to give we have all of this money that we have and we just want to give it to somebody else and like do that so they go down and to florida of course because apparently that's where all the good adoption agencies are when you're looking for uh people from ukraine um but they go down, they pick her up, they go to Disney World. It's all a great time. All of a sudden, the mom says, like, at at Disney World, she goes, this little girl has, she's supposed to be six. She said, this little girl has full pubic hair. Wait, at six? At six years old. And so... What the heck? And so there's all these kinds of things leading up to they think that Natalia is not a child. They think that she is masquerading as a 
uh, she they think that she's there. She's a little person who's masquerading as a child. Like holy shit, that would blow my mind. Yeah, no, like it was. It was like fucked up. And then they're sitting there saying all this stuff about how she was like hiding knives under the bed. And then all of this stuff about how she was like taking the little boy's toys and throwing them in the street so they would run after them in front of cars. Like shit like that. And I, when I tell you every 10 minutes in this show, my jaw drops. Because the first of all, the way that they set the show up and the way that they give you information is purposefully misleading to get you to a point and uh, spoiler alert you still after the first season you still really don't know if this is a child or not they don't definitively answer that question until the second season and then the second season dives into everything that's like dealing with the ramifications of that people are going to court people are getting sued people are being accused of uh like there's so many convoluted things because eventually they do take Natalia Grace. This is a spoiler. They do take, but it's like a it's thing. It's a docuseries. Yeah. Um, uh, they take Natalia Grace to a judge. They give them some kind of evidence in, uh, I think it was either in Ohio or Indiana. I can't remember which exactly off the top of my head, but I think it was Indiana. They take him, take it to this judge and they say we want to re-age her which is a normal process in the adoption thing which apparently it's a lot more common than people think that like you know apparently a lot of adoption agencies overseas uh kind of shave off a couple years because babies are a lot more uh like young infants are a lot more desirable yeah. which is a whole other thing like we could get into but um so it's it's not uncommon to like re-age them and like get them a little more onto where they're supposed to be they re-aged her from 8 to 22 oh my god so she went from being an 8-year-old kid supposedly to a 22-year adult supposedly and uh, there's all kinds of legal ramifications that happen with that. It gets, when I tell you it gets so insane and the things that these people do, uh, Mike, when did this take place? Like what years? Um, so it happened about 12 ish years ago is like when that actually happened. I think she's like, uh, like I can't actually use her age without ruining things, but, um, and, but that's the thing is like, we really don't know how old she actually is even still because everything's gone so far out. They even go over and like, they, go, they go over and to Ukraine and like find her a birth mother. It's, they go so far out of the way to like find out the truth. And it really, you, you're not, you don't get an answer until season two. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. I just need you to stop right there. How many episodes? How long? Because I'm ready. Um, I, I'm 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 jumping right now. Um, to know. Well, and that's oh, it's so good. But like, I cannot like that's everything I told you. That's like the first two episodes. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Like, I mean, most of it is. Um, oh my god! I'm not kidding. So it's about I think eight episodes per season. So uh, 16 episodes. It's not that hard to get through. And there are points where you like need to go take a smoke break because, like, Jesus Christ, I. What's what's this on? What's it's this on? on it's on Max, formerly known as HBO. Um, out of out of ten, what would you give it? Oh, I mean, I love messy documentaries, and this is like true crime plus family drama plus like international intrigue. So 
I'm going to give it uh, I like a good, I want to say seven and a half, almost to an eight. There are some parts in it where it gets a little, uh, not. I mean, not really slow, but like there are some parts where we're like, okay, we didn't need that much. But um, what's interesting about it is the first season, you never, like the woman, the girl, you don't see anything from her. Like she doesn't speak on it. She doesn't do anything with it. She's like not a part of the documentary really. It's all about her, but she's not in it. In the second season, she's in it. And she has some words for people that, and honestly, she, like, it, I can't, I can't get too far ahead, but she has some very choice words for people. Do you think they did that on purpose because, like, A, they wanted to break it up in two seasons just because? Or do you think at first they didn't get her to get into the docuseries? And then they finally got the okay to get her in, and they're like, "We just need a whole nother season just for the, for her." I haven't read a whole a lot a whole lot about it, but like my theory is that they did the first season, and it was. I mean, they were trying to like either, but I think that the reason that it's two seasons is because it's still like ongoing. Oh. Like there's still pe- like I, like there's still people like this. These lawsuits that I'm talking about happened like last year, 2023. Oh, okay. Like people are going to like the, all these courts to so, like I think that's what incurred the second season was like here's the story for the most part and then the first part of the f- second season they kind of like wrapped up that and they were like okay and then go into a lot more of the legal ramifications and why people did what they did okay. because when you ugh, I can't don't spoil it I can't spoil it but like the things people in this documentary do are batshit fucking insane and number one if you're ever going to be in a documentary please get media trained pay someone to media train you because good god there is no such thing as a hot mic and number two you will not know where this is going you will not understand where it like my jaw dropped every fucking 10 minutes i cannot explain it enough i'm ready so yeah tonight you're looking to see some weird shit and i mean all of this is of course reminiscent of the orphan and if you've ever seen the orphan first kill uh it's also on paramount but um uh, it definitely has those aspects to it but real and has real world problems attached to it and it's just batshit bananas Alrighty, and for our last topic of conversation, recently uh, The Hollywood Reporter has put out in October this list of the 50 best TV shows of the 20th ce- 21st century so far. And we're going to be kind of taking a look at it, just seeing like things that we've seen, things that we think are too high on the list, too low on the list, just kind of like getting into like what we think about it because I mean I will say that like there was a whole preamble in the article like saying like why they picked what they did and what it is and please don't be mad at us and then also they were like this is supposed to be a living breathing document like they're acting like it's the constitution and don't get me wrong it kind of makes sense because people in the comments sound off and act like they are on some shit so I mean I kind of get it yeah so here's some of the criteria first it has to have at least it only counts episodes after December 31st, 1999. So, for instance, like Sopranos, anything before 
uh, anything in the 90s does not count. So it only counts the seasons mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Same Sex with like and, Sex and the City. Sex and the City, Buffy the Vampire, um, Vampire Slayer. So that kind of narrows it down. You tried to say Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not on here. I, that was the example they <laughs> used in the preamble. I, I know. And it was it's, it, and it, you're it, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and the, But then they didn't put on the goddamn li- Anyway. Um, also, they said it has to be an English speaking because um, they were not going to watch all the, which is understandable. They're not going to watch all every the, K drama. Yeah, um, those are the the main things that they um, they did, um, and so let's let's talk about it. Um, we went through the entire list. I have watched half of them. Um, I've either seen some of them or completed fifty four percent of all of the shows, which is. Which is twenty seven episodes or twenty seven different of the shows, and apparently I only watched thirty four percent, which is crazy given how much TV I watch. But like I said, I watch trash TV. <laughs> I loved like the Curious Case of Natalia Grace, not on here. Uh, Real Housewives of Anything, not on here. Does not need to be on there. I, I'm just saying these are the kinds <laughs> of show, shows I watch. Um, just want to talk about like the top networks. Um, so HBO, um, or Max, which we both agree is top tier the top tier place to to get great tv shows um but coming in second in its own place by itself it's fx which is crazy because i do love me an fx show but none of the fx shows i watched are on this list um yeah i have a couple um fx um shows that are on this list um but i think the bet the the best one i think is atlanta which is on here um, but one of the newer ones, The Bear, um, which I definitely wish was on here. Um, but coming in in third place, tied with a bunch at four, is Comedy Central, Netflix, which again, if you think about Netflix and like FS- FX, those are up and coming new ones. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about in the course of 23 years, yeah. that those are newer. I find that I found a lot of the Comedy Central ones, I, I was surprised by those. Yeah. I, First of all, I hadn't heard of a couple of them. Yeah. And there there's only like four on this list. Um so it was interesting to see that. And it kind of makes me want to go back and like check out as like was this show that good? I mean, yeah. I cuz I just don't know and I I mean, I haven't really been following Comedy Central for a while, not since I was like in college yeah. because I'm not going to lie, it's kind of catered to like that brand of people. Um, they, just, yeah, they haven't really produced like top tier shows. But I mean, maybe we're wrong because here are some top tier shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also NBC and AMC um, are in that category of the four episodes. CW with two. Uh, shout out to the real one. <laughs> um, and Amazon. And then you have one show from Nickelodeon, Star, Sci Fi, CBS, Sundance TV, ESPN, and CNN. Um, and Channel Four, which is a British um show. Um. So yeah, let's just let's just talk about let's say let's talk about first the shows that aren't on the list that we think deserve to be on the list. Okay, well I already said mine, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because that show oh changed God. the course of television forever. What what Sarah Michelle Geller and Allison Hannigan did back then, you can't recreate. You can't do it. You can't have the first lesbian kiss again. No, Buffy <laughs> did it. Okay. Uh, I did okay. I'll, I'll admit I enjoy Buffy. I did not watch all of Buffy. Oh my! How far did you get in? I got like 
three seasons in. Bitch, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a great place to start, but you have to keep going. Because one, it like it gets better in terms of story. It's less like Monster of the Week and a little more. Yeah. But, like it was episodic um, and yes. not like really like very. I mean, know, they congruent. call them they call them the Scooby Gang, but that yeah. show should have been on this list. I cannot express enough. That show has ramifications that you all do not understand <laughs> until you go watch that show. Um, Me personally. Um, there is no cooking show at all in this entire thing, and I definitely think like cooking, like me and my wife, that yeah. is like the number one thing we watch is cooking shows, and I definitely think there should have been at least one. And at least for me, I mean, I think Top Chef is the most top tier cooking show. It's well written. <laughs> it's a great competition. There's not that many competition shows. No, I mean, there's not. There's not. I mean, if you really want to get into it, there's n- hardly any reality. The only reality show really on here is Survivor. Survivor, which. Don't get me wrong. Survivor kind of laid the blueprint for reality TV. Well, it did. Like 100%. it was 2000 and people were hungry for something. And it kind of like kicked off what reality TV changed. Could now see, be. Buffy, Buffy didn't change it. Survivor changed TV. Reality TV. It's different. And reality it. TV still, I still feel is not getting the um, recognition it deserves as a medium. Because here's, yes. the, here's the thing. Reality TV show holds a mirror to society and a mirror to society that we haven't had before. So we can have, and so like people like you, me, Tom, Dick or Harry, whatever we're sitting there and like, we're talking about things and the actions that people are taking in these shows and kind of deeming if they're acceptable. And it's all through the court of public opinion. Yeah. So like, we are seeing things and it's like it's just holding a mirror up to ourselves and what we find acceptable as a society, what we think is OK. I mean, we're looking at all of these people who get kicked off shows, this, that and the other. And these people become stars and they there are people who become hated. And that's partially due to the rise of social media. But people, I just don't think but reality I, shows I, get give get the respect it deserves. And at the same time, it's just like. I feel like reality reality tv shows are still just like any other kind of tv if like you think about like because if i'm under these kind of pressures and in this kind of environment i am not the same person i would be if i'm you know normally living in my life i change i'm i'm acting a completely different way which is a form of acting to me i'm trying to survive i'm trying to do this it's or a portrayal I'm, or i'm bullshitting i am Acting like a completely different person than who I really am. We all know that there's definitely villains out there on reality TV shows but that are villains, nice people in in real life. But there's also villains in real life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I have many a villain in my life. Um, but yeah, so um, at least for me, I think Top Chef should definitely be on there. Um, there's not that many um animated shows on this list. No, um, animation we all know does not but get. But especially, and I think adult animation, um. Because of The Simpsons, I'm actually shocked The Simpsons is not on here. Um, I understand, you know, 90s Simpsons is really is was, what that's yeah, where it was probably, the, probably best. the best, yeah. But The Simpsons inspired so many other shows. Like we're talking about South Park. I am shocked oh. South Park is not on this list. Family Guy, American Dad, Fam- Family Guy. Uh, how are these shows not on the like top fifty? Do I like I don't really watch Family Guy anymore, but it it had me on a chokehold. I mean, for yeah. every Sunday, 
Can I be honest? I still watch new episodes of Family Guy, that, when they and come that's out. okay. Like I do. Like obviously, I so obviously some of it did not age well at all. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like God, and that's okay. But it's milk. okay. Same same with South Park, and I'm fine with that. Um, for all you people who one of the you most, people, I'm I'm not a lover of the show, <laughs> um, but there's definitely people who are obsessed with the show is the probably the most millennial show there is and that is the office oh i was did not make the top 50 i was so you people i'm not a part of this uh i also i was shocked that it didn't make this list me too too. like i because that's all for some people that's their entire personality is the office all they got is the office jokes like all the only like i'm not kidding there are people that i know that like only talk in like dwightisms it's horrifying and i've never even really watched that show i've watched like a couple episodes here and there but like i could name you the full fucking cast because people have talked about it so much in my life watched the first whole two seasons and i was just like eh, this is that's all right. I watched the first season and that was awful. Um, first season is the worst. Yeah, like and I and then I try to like keep going, but then at that point I already hated all the characters. <laughs> like nice. I just uh, like I just don't think it's something that you can go back and watch and there are some parts of it that are like really crazy to go back and watch. Like it's just like it's not I don't know, just the way they act, but um and then the last at least for me, the last two snubs which I actually think are definitely top fucking tier movie or shows. Um Watchmen if you have not watched Watchmen on Max, definitely go watch it. It is literally one of the best shows that I've watched in the past five, ten years. Um, it's amazing. It's comic, but very gritty, dark. They make tough decisions, terrible decisions. Um, also talks about race and the Tulsa um, the Tulsa riot. Yeah, um, Watchmen is. Uh, I'm. It's heavy. I'm, I'm just I'm just mad that there's not going to be a season two ever. No, like it, it doesn't need a season. two. I know it doesn't need a season two, but like I don't need another fucking piece of chicken. I I <laughs> I don't need it, but I fucking want it, Jordan. And yes. I want more of. I want Regina King as a fucking badass fucking shit up. I want Queen. I want giant seventeen inch blue dildos being waved around. You see that, giant penises. That it, it's magical and it i feel like it did more justice to the watchman than you know that that movie which was yeah it was good but like this Extended cut if you watch the the director's cut is way better yeah but um i don't know it just like felt i don't know this one just had so much heart and it just like i they i felt more ingrained into yeah. the storyline facts and then um for me is the bear um the bear just won swept the nomination the the Golden Emmy, Globes and yeah. Emmys for best comedy, best TV show, and everything like that. Um, I, think I think they, I think they, re- they watched these shows and made this list before season two came out. Yeah. Um. So with what the first season, do you put it up top fifty? That's debatable. I definitely do. Oh, but for sure. I I understand. All right. Well, should we get into the list a little bit? Yeah. So. Which. Fi- Wait, you just want to go oh, bit I was, by bit? I was just going to kind of rapid fire a little. Like, we could go into, like, the 50 through 40. So, um, right now, The Hollywood Reporter is putting the Sex in the City Sex in the City at number 50. Uh, interesting choice, because it should be higher. Um, that show, I, I mean, okay, so you said that, like, The Office is a show for millennials. I think that 
Sex and the City is a show for millennial women. Yes. Like, yes, 100%. Like, and I'm one of them. I, like, I was, like, in college, like, oh, my God, I'm such a Samantha. And then, yes. um, like, that kind of shit. Like, it, it, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it, sh- I think, should have been higher up on the list. Up next, we have Avatar The Last Airbender. And that's, <sighs> that's mine that I think should definitely be way higher on the list. I mean, I, is, I definitely agree with I you. I would say... I understand if you just take the first season of Avatar and probably like the first 12 episodes of it, um, you can probably say, okay, this is definitely a kid's show. This is that. But after that, it is the best animated show I have ever watched. And like, and I cannot wait for the Netflix adaptation that comes out in two weeks. And I still watch, like when I get on the treadmill, I watch Avatar. And I mean, so... Avatar just is one of those shows where, I mean, for us, because we were kids when it came out, yeah. it kind of grew up with us. Like, there was a long time between seasons from what I remember. And, like, as the seasons got more mature, the kids grew up. Yes. And when the kids grew up, we would grow up. And, like, I think our generation has a very specific place in our hearts for that. And then once you got into, like, Legend of Korra and that stuff, people say it's not as good. But I say just oh. got it just got way more adult. Yes, and I love and, it. And the rim of, like, what happened around that show was unfortunate um just them like never really knowing if they were going to be having another season um but no it the, that show you grew up with and it got deeper and heavier and it dealt with like complex yes things like brainwashing just uh propaganda in general how we an- understand like the world around us and like how different how to deal with how to deal with family family how to deal with war how to deal with yeah. death how to deal with all of these Amazing. things like it it explains it in such a way that is so very specifically like doesn't it doesn't talk down to you but it's simple yeah. and it, it, it and it just like actually makes you feel it and, uh, and avatars in both of our top fives of oh for all sure in this entire list absolutely um south side that's one of those comedy central ones that we didn't really know about we didn't really uh i haven't heard about this one have you heard about it no no it, just Comedy Central, uh, Vita on Stars. Um, I haven't seen it, but I heard some good stuff about it. Um, Underground Railroad uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, then there's The Crown, which I think needs to be higher on the list. I I also I've now I've only watched the first two seasons of The Crown, but I definitely think the acting, the drama piece, it definitely deserves to be higher up. It's from got, so, forty what forty three. You've yeah. only you've only seen the first two seasons, which means you haven't even seen a cast change yet. Yeah, facts. Oh, wh- Jordan, I, I, keep going. Again, I'm not a period piece kind of guy. Oh, you get I I can let I can say that it gets better. Um, but I also have a deep to personal tie to the royal family because I'm a Spencer and me and Diana we uh, she's my soul sister. Um, up next we have the leftovers. This is a show I really wanted to see. Um, really good. I've heard really, it's really, really, good. really, really good. I just haven't. I just haven't seen it. Maybe it should jump a few spots. I wouldn't say like a super like long, but yeah. like, it's great. Um, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, CNN, uh, 2013 to 2018. I ha- I honestly haven't seen it, but I know it's really great. I've seen some episodes here and there. Uh, Station Eleven on Max, and then Beef on Netflix, which came out this year, which I was kind of surprised it was on this list just because it came out this year. That was fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, I've only seen the first couple episodes, but I and I need to go back and rewatch it. All righty. So rounding out our 30 to 40, we have Insecure on HBO. Which I think 
is the biggest surprise that's on this list. Not that I'm saying that it doesn't deserve it. I'm actually just shocked that they put it in their top 50. I'm surprised that you're surprised. I am not it's, surprised at all. Whenever I was at li- out living in LA, um, people would not shut up about the show. Oh, it's great. Like, it's, it, it's amazing. Like, and I know it is great, but I mean, everyone talked about it. So I wasn't surprised by this at all. Anything that Issa Rae touches, it's gold. And that's why she came out this today talking about need more black shows. Yep. And then after that, again, HBO, The Deuce, Band of Brothers on HBO, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on The CW, which here's the thing. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a great fucking show. I love it. I'm actually really surprised it was on this list. Um, The Shield, FX. The only thing I know about The Shield, FX, is that it had uh, the guy from uh, Fantastic Four. It's clobber in time. Yep. The thing. Um, Chernobyl, HBO again, Jane the Virgin, uh, CW, Orange is the New Black, Netflix, that show. Oh, we'd love to see it. Um, Veep on HBO. I honestly thought this would have been a higher. This show has won so many Emmys, it's not even fucking love funny. Love Veep. Like, I'm rewatching it now. I've, uh, oh, I'm, I need to go back. Uh, Fleabag. I was expecting this to be higher as well, just because it's also won a bunch of Emmys. All right, now we're going to talk about 29 through 20. Um, biggest surprise, and that I think is way too low, is Game of Thrones Yeah, no, at 29. Like, I know that it didn't go out with a bang, but this show reshaped how we saw it television. It was peak t- televisions. <laughs> Season one, two, three, four, five, six. A little bit of a dip, but still peak. Seven and eight, yes, there was a fall off, but... There was nothing better out at all. They defined the 2010s, that show. I mean, my sister's in the Navy, and I was so excited because she was gone while, like, I think season six was airing. And so she came back from deployment, and we just sat down and watched all of season six. We yes. ate, we got a We got a big thing of salt and pepper wings and just watched all of Game of Thrones. Game, Game of Thrones is... At least and, to me, a top ten show. And I had already seen it, so I was just sitting there watching her watch it. It was amazing. Dragons, everything. But I don't know. Feelings about the ending of the show. We yeah. could have a whole conversation about that. Um, you have Broadway City, um, Economy Central, How to um, How to with John Wilson on HBO, Parks and Rec, NBC. Love. Battlestar Galactica on Sci-Fi. The Review on Economy Central. I May Destroy You on BBC One. Survivor, we already t- talked about better things, and then Deadwood um, rounds out your twenty nine to twenty. All right, and now twenty to eleven, and I have not seen hardly jack shit of this. Uh, Peep Show on Channel Four, Rectify on Sundance TV, Friday Night Lights. I have seen none of. I'm sorry. Halt and Catch Fire. I was very surprised it's on this list just because I. I know that it happened. I've never heard anyone talk about the show I've ever. I've never even heard of it. Like, I, I've heard of it, but I just, I've never heard anyone talk about it. Um, Breaking Bad. Which, here, okay, here, just, oh, here we go. This is the, this is the biggest low show. This is a tear, like, this makes me hate the list. And I hate when people do that for, uh, like, other lists. It's like, oh, just one got messed up. No, but Breaking Bad should be in the top three, if not top five, of best shows of the 20th century. I mean, but the spinoff and is on the top, is in the top ten. That's, again, top, hey, the spinoff is great. Spinoff is, is, is amazing. Don't, like, don't, don't get me wrong, but Breaking Bad deserves to be in the top five at worst. I know. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's the best show. Or, yeah, 
It's the best show I've ever watched. I really need to go and watch it. I've never watched it only because people would not shut up about it. And it's it, and I'm not saying I'm like, oh, people won't talk about it. No, like I already knew what would happen. I know I knew what happened every week because people would not shut up about it. So I, I didn't have to watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the, to me, the worst placement of all these shows. All righty. And then continuing down the list, we have Atlanta on FX. Love it. it. Enlightened on HBO, 30 for 30 on ESPN, The Americans on FX, and The Daily Show on Comedy Central. And so, like, 30 for 30, um, that's the one that I actually did not understand um, at being number 13. 30 for 30, it's multi-docu-series. They have its peaks of, like, the best shows I've ever watched. And then have some, what am I watching? I really don't care about the sport and stuff like that. So, like, it's... There's the OJ Made in America is the best docuseries I ever watched. But besides that, like some of these, like they don't hit. You but know? but maybe that's why it, those hit to somebody else, and yeah. it, and so it has universal appeal. Not every episode, but universal appeal. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the top ten of this list, okay? Bo Jack Horseman, great, fantastic animated show, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, which we both think is a little too high. Okay, here's the thing. Freaks and Geeks was amazing. It was a great moment show. in time. It was great. It always makes the top of these lists, and I think it's just pure nostalgia at this point. Like, I get that Jared Leto was in it. I get that uh, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, Claire Danes. Like, we get it. We understand. James and it, Franco. And it was groundbreaking for its time, but it was one season of a teenage television show, and I think that we as a culture need to, like, find the next one or create the next Next one. Yeah. And is it Euphoria? Oh. Um, you have Girls on HBO, Better Call Saul, which is the spinoff of Breaking Bad, which is, again, great. And I, I agree it's in the top ten. But, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, which I'm definitely meaning to, to watch. Reservation Dogs. Res- Reservoir, oh, sorry. Reservoir <laughs> Dogs is a very yeah. different thing. <laughs> Quentin, shout out Quentin Tarantino. Actually, <laughs> do we shout him out? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Um, the Wire. Okay, let's let's get into the top um, top five. The Wire is an amazing show. If you have not watched it, it is so amazing, so good. It. I know you haven't. I'm disappointed. I know everyone. Okay, I mean, watch it. Learn about Baltimore culture. Learn about <laughs> it. It's it's amazing. You have Thirty Rock, which I actually thought was so high. I, I think. I, I love 30 Rock. I I, th- I like 30 Rock, too. I thought it was very high on this list, and I think this is just kind of like self-aggrandizing Hollywood, like telling itself it's doing a good job for making a spoof of SNL, and like, it is what it is, but like, I personally, like, I think Parks and Recreation is yes. better. Parks and is like, like, Parks and Rec is, I don't, I don't want to say superior, like, it's just, I don't know, I... Uh, yeah, it, yeah, but to, thir- but number four, number four. Look, I don't think. Uh, look, I I didn't say thirty rock, or I didn't say uh, Parks and Rec should be all the way up here. Yeah, uh, but I do think it should be over thirty rock. But you know, people have their feelings, and the ho- and this was written by a Hollywood trade, and Hollywood trades are going to do what? Yeah. Talk about what's going on in their industry. Um, number three, it finishes last season this um in twenty twenty three, Succession, oh. which I actually think is we both both put it in our top five Look, of, this, of this list succession is a perfect show it's perfectly long do i want more yes but should you give me more no yeah because it's perfect with five it, seasons. it's it's perfect 
it's it has everything that you need. Um, one thing that the show didn't do, I don't think it marketed itself correctly. No, no, be- no. Because it made it look like it was this really serious, hard hitting drama, and it was just a like the whole time it was just a satire of the Murdoch family. And if yep. you had told me that, I would have started watching in season one. When the last season came out, that's when I started watching it because everyone was talking about it finally on the last season. Yeah, and it's like to me, it is a perfect ending it's exactly who i like um i'm not gonna spoil it to we'll spoil it to you later um but i'm not going to but it's the perfect ending to the whole entire show i don't know i have feelings about how it should have ended yeah and again we can talk a whole episode about it (laughs) um number two which definitely started the entire golden age of tv this was like hbo's kind of like where they got their like real yeah. heavy hitter into television. Yeah, and th- and this is what made people think television can be a serious drama. Yeah. Television can be movies, like like a movie. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about The Sopranos. <laughs> now, I haven't seen it. Again, this is one of those shows oh where God, this is one of those shows where I have a bit really big problem where like th- when I know something's going to happen, I or I know some I know where it ends. It makes it really hard for me to like go back and watch this from start to finish knowing where it ends and how it ends because I do know. And uh, that's the thing. It's like it's hard going back because we all know the ending is controversial of that show. But it it that's what made that show so amazing. It like that's what started all these like cliffhanging endings or these ambiguous endings to yeah. these different TV shows and it's I mean and, top tier and, acting and talked a, about depression that and, mental health and like the, and that's the thing back then they weren't they just weren't making TV shows like that like p- people I think we become greedy little piggies uh, back then there were TV actors and there were movie actors yep. and they did not cross and the movie actors never went to television because it was seen as lesser than yeah that's where you go to die you go to die yeah. to, uh, when you go to television. Yeah, when people stop booking you in movies, that's when you go to TV. That's what it used to be. And yeah. people forget that. Like now, we have Reese Witherspoon and all these primetime series dramas. Back then, Reese Witherspoon might have Mail a guest. Meryl Streep. Yeah, Meryl Streep. All of them. Like people were, like these heavy hitting actors were not going into television. No. And so if you haven't seen The Sopranos, you're not watching TV. Like, watch it to see where it's all come from and what put HBO on the front. Um, number one, which, again, I think Sopranos should be number one um, over Mad, um, over this show. Um, Mad Men. I, I'm not surprised it's on this list. I was surprised no, it was number one. I, yeah, I was also very surprised it's number one. I think it was a good show um, going into you know, late... 2000s early 2010s i'm actually really upset because i i just tried to go and watch this show it's not on anything except amc plus yeah that's uh, that's, that's, that's I, amc and what what am i what am i gonna uh, you want me to pay for a subscription just so i can go back and watch this show like oh my god just put it on one of the but other Joe, episodes it's already only four dollars a month girl it's i'm four dollars i'm paying so much already yeah but no. i do really want to watch mad men i like actually like had a, uh, I, I had a plan and everything and i'm so upset that like they're just hoarding it on amc because they know it's like number one people want to watch it yeah it's a it's a great time piece um just talking about like what really went down in like in that kind of industry um in the corporate world how women's are fi- trying to find their place and stuff like 
when I tell you Mad Men is definitely a great show, and I'm not saying that it doesn't even deserve to be in top ten. It could I'm I'm fine if it's in the top ten. But I'm honestly fine with it being number I'm like okay with it being number one over a lot of these other shows. Oh yeah, yeah. Um but Mad Men definitely deserves his love, his credit, it's what put John Hamm on. Mm. On the uh, the map, um, watch you, you go. <laughs> you know why I said that? Because that man doesn't like to wear underwear, and he lets it be known. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, but also uh, Elizabeth Moss, like that's what yeah. put her on like Handmaid's Tale. Like, but yeah, like that's what made Elizabeth Moss like a household name. Um, John Hamm, a household name. It is really, really, really good. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Um, that's probably why it's number one. But to be honest, I don't think you would like it. You don't think I would like it? No, it's a very straight man, like male mood show. Yeah, but I can get into that. Uh, I work in advertising. That's why I'm interested. Oh, yeah. oh then yeah, you'll love it then. <laughs> then you will 100 percent love it. That's that's why I wanted to watch the show, and that's why I hadn't watched the show because it was a very straight man. But I work in yeah. advertising, and I needed a show to watch, and I was like, maybe I should watch a show about advertising. But they're hoarding it on AMC Plus like a bunch of fucking cowards. Yeah. So overall, I don't think this is a bad list. At all. Um, I think it's... I was just surprised by some of the, like, one season show, like, Chernobyl and... Great, though. Have you watched... Yeah, you haven't watched it. No, I haven't watched it. Is it that good? Yes. Okay. It's not that many episodes. Fine. I was surprised by better things on FX. I've seen clips and stuff. I actually am planning on going to watch that uh, sometime soon. Um, But, no, it's just been... It's just an interesting list. I mean, it really just tickles your tickles all the TV parts of you. Yeah, I think it's a great list. We'll switch around some things, but overall, I'm satisfied. Yeah. So again, catch us on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast at. Um, this is Double Trouble Features. I'm Jordan, and I'm Joe. Peace.